Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Inside the Studio on iHeartRadio. My name is Jordan Runtog, but enough about me. My guest today is 50% of one of my all-time favorite bands. He's an audio artisan with a relentless commitment to his craft and a purveyor of gut-punching guitar leads that have made the Black Keys one of the biggest rock groups on the planet. After a five-year hiatus, he re-teamed with his old friend and bandmate Patrick Carney for 2019's Let's Rock. But it was their next record, a blues covers album called Delta Cream, that was their true homecoming. Recorded in just a day, the spontaneous studio jam was something of a reset, a reminder of the sounds and the spirit that first drew them to music as teenage neighbors growing up in Akron, Ohio. The down-and-dirty blues atmosphere is apparent on their latest album, Dropout Boogie, released 20 years almost to the day after they debut, The Big Come Up. A lot's changed since those days of recording in basements and touring in bands. Now they've become heroes themselves to a whole new generation of brash blues punks all awaiting their own Big Come Up. I'm so happy to welcome Dan Auerbach. First and foremost, congratulations on the new record. I mean, it's really, it's setting the summer off right for me. It's To me, it's the perfect convertible album. I know you released Waiting on a Song on 8-Track, and I'm kind of wishing you did that with this one, too. I feel like it's the perfect uh, 8-Track record. Um, starting at the very beginning, what role did your album Delta Cream, your previous record, play in the creation of Dropout Boogie? You know, I don't think we could have had one without the other. You know, I think um, Delta... Delta Cream kind of paved the way for uh, for Dropout Boogie. You know, it, we it was so um, off the cuff. Delta Cream was, and it was so easy. 
and we ended up both really loving it and loving the way it sounded. We just kind of took that positive momentum and we went right into making Dropout Boogie. Yeah, I think Pat called it a great reset of the band. And was it a, mu- a reset musically in terms of reminding you of the the artists and the songs that first brought you together, or was it a reset in terms of actually playing the music in a room together? I mean, um, a little bit of both. I mean, we definitely were playing stuff that influenced us when we first started, but we were also playing with Kenny Brown for the very first time. We were playing with the bass player for the very first time in the studio. We were playing with a percussionist for the very first time. <laughs> So it was like, it was this weird combination of absolutely brand new and old. And I think that that is a, a balance that we always kind of strive for in our records, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, Kenny Brown and, and stuff Eric Deaton was bringing to the table. It sounds so good. I mean, I, I feel like I owe you a huge debt of gratitude, not only for the music that you've made as the Black Keys, but just turning me on to acts like, you know, Junior Kimbrough, R.L. Burnside, Mississippi Fred McDowell. I mean, people I never would have heard of were it not through your covers on Delta Cream and just people you've cited in interviews as influences. And and I got to say that Robert Finley record, oh my God, Sharecropper's Son is just such an incredible album. And he's he's the real deal. I, so I want to thank you for all those influences you've, you've shared with your fans too. Yeah, of course. I mean, I was honored to get to make those records with Robert. I mean, as soon as he walked in my studio, it was just like, he was electric. He just was like, he was wearing a three-quarter length leather duster and a giant cowboy belt buckle. He had snakeskin boots on, leather pants. He had a satin cowboy shirt on and a leather cowboy hat and his hair was braided underneath it. It was like, I was like, who is this guy? I'm so glad to hear that. Living up to all of my dreams and expectations. Like a Louisiana superhero. (laughs) That is so cool. I mean, it it sounds like in the same way that you opened up the band on Delta Cream, you opened up the songwriting process a bit on Dropout Boogie, working with outside writers on, I think, five tracks. What led you to bring Greg Cartwright and Angelo into the sessions? Well, those were a couple guys that I'd worked with uh, a lot in the past. And, um, I just wrote some songs with Greg and Angela on the new Marcus King record. You know, I'd, I'd done a, a bunch of things, you know, we worked on the Velveteers together and just all kinds of stuff. So I, I kind of had a feeling that Pat would get along with them and that it would be fruitful. So we rang them up and, um, and it was great. It was so easy. It was fun. And, and here, you know, we are like 20 years into our album career and, uh, we're, we're, you know, doing something we'd never done before. So it was really nice. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask you more about what your writing process is, is tr- historically like with Pat, because how much of it is improvising together versus one of you bringing sort of a song fragment into the studio and then working it out at a table? It sounds like it's more improvisational, right? It's always been improvisational. You know, we've always just kind of messed around in the studio and, and something happens. You know, it's been something that we've been able to do since we were like 16, 17. I think that's why we stuck with it when we started, because we realized right off the bat, we really didn't have to work at getting it to sound cool. You know, it was like, as soon as we started making music together, it was like, oh, that's, I like that. Whatever that is, that sounds fun. You know, so I think we just, it's just always been there like that for us. So that's, that's generally how we start the songs. And then we kind of, you know, have to shape the song that way. It's a little bit reverse, you know, and since moving to Nashville, I've definitely like, um, 
gotten to appreciate more old school style of um, songwriting, you know, just the basic chords and melodies and lyrics first. <laughs> but, you know, so I guess I understand how that works too. But the way the Pat and I work is just different, you know, it just always has been. Yeah, I mean, moving to Nashville, it's such a, a collaborative musical scene that must have been, sounds very different to, you know, having been sort of more self-contained, the two of you. That must have been a really cool, uh, you know, sort of new learning process of working in a whole different way. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, you know, pretty uh, eye-opening when we first got here, but, um, you know, I always loved Nashville and the and the music scene here, and I can't imagine living anywhere else. I mean, I've been here eleven years, almost twelve, I guess now, and um, it's an amazing city if you're a musician. You know, it's just like there's so many tools in the toolbox here. It's, um, you know, I find it hard to live without at this point. You're talking about that little bit of magic with you and Pat. I mean, this blew my mind. Good love, burn the damn thing down. Didn't I love you? I I think these are all first takes, right? That is just incredible to me. Yeah, those are all just first take, one take songs. Wow, that is there. I'll, I'll go back and um, spruce up the lyrics, but I'm as we're playing it down, I'm like improvising lines and stuff. Sometimes a line will work. Sometimes it sparks a better line. But you know, yeah, those are those are first takes. But that's why they have that feel and that sound, and you can't really fake that. And, um, you know, Wild Child does not have that sound, but we like to have a mix of those, those different kinds of recordings. You know, I think it, I think it's a, a nice to, to have a, like a little bit of a, you know, different palette there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that spontaneity, the excitement of the moment of creation, it's so cool and it's so apparent in those tracks. But again, something like Wild Child, it's it's such a great vibe. I feel like it's it's got a different feel to it than things I've heard from you. It almost feels, the groove is, is Thord Funky comes to mind. I know that's an overused word, but it's got such a different flavor to it. It's, it's such a cool track. How did that track come together? I mean, it probably started with the drum loop, you know? Pat is a funky ass dude, white boy, <laughs> and um, you know, we started with the with the the, the rhythm track, and um, I think instantly we really liked it. It was so simple. We but there's something so kind of like instantly likable, catchy about it. Um, so we just kept working at it. You know what I mean? Um, so uh, that was the, that was one of the songs we called in Angelo. We called in Greg. And we sat down at the table with some acoustic guitars and we kind of like worked out the, the melodies and the lyrics. But that was after we had the instrumental, you know, so. It was fun, you know, I think it was worth, it was definitely worthwhile. I know you've worked a lot with Danger Mouse in the past and something that I've noticed is that I, I feel like I can always tell the albums you made with him because there's something in the rhythm that's different and I can't put my finger on it. It just, it swings differently, these albums that, that you self-produce. I don't know if it's not playing with a click or something, but I feel like on a track like How Long on this new album, it's got this incredible feel to it. It's just slower and looser. That's one of my favorite tracks on this, How Long. It's such an incredible yeah, song. Yeah, me too. I, I really like that song a lot. And you know, that was just, that just happened out of an improv playing guitar and drums across from each other, you know, just started playing that lick and Pat fell in and um, that one came together really quickly, to be honest. Uh, I, I do like that song a lot. Though. 
I love how your vocal sits in it. It's like it's not like a lead singer. It's like another instrument. To, to me. it's just, it's such a cool way that it sits in the track. Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, when Pat and I um, are in a good place and um, comfortable, um, I don't know. It's I, I, I I've never been more comfortable playing with someone. You know, in my life, don't even have to think about it. You know. <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I wanted to ask you about your, uh, I think your latest single, It Ain't Over, um, has this really unique sound on it. When I was listening to it, I couldn't figure out what it was. I assumed it was a keyboard sound. I did a little digging and I learned it was something called an optagon, which I'd never heard of in my life. Yeah, optagon. Oh, well, tell me about that. Almost like an early sampler, like a souped up Mellotron, right? Like, what is that? Yeah, they had um, 
these little discs that you would put in it. It was basically like a Fisher Price keyboard toy for kids. <laughs> I was and then, kids. I didn't uh, know that. You know, uh, I think people got hip to them and people like Tom Waits and I don't know, everybody's used them, but um, they just have an amazing sound. And, uh, you know, you can flip the discs upside down and it plays the sounds backwards. So, you know, it has a keyboard sound and then like a rhythm accompaniment, which is like got some like kind of generally cheesy sounding uh, percussion or drums or bass or something like that. And uh, it's really fun to kind of spark ideas. I've done it before. You know, I used it on the Dr. John record I made. Oh, man. You know, we use it a bunch. You know, it's a fun tool. I like this. Definitely some different sounds on this record. I know that uh, use the wah for the first time, right? On uh, on um, oh, what what track was it? on Wild Child? Yeah, yeah, on Wild Child. Yeah, some rhythm guitar. Yeah, I don't know what got into me. <laughs> <laughs> Feeling crazy that day. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I I gotta ask you about the guitar work by Mr. Billy F. Gibbons. How did he get involved, and what was he like just to play with in the room? Man, he uh, he's the best. He's the coolest coolest guy on earth. I mean, I I texted him and told him Pat and I would be in uh, in the studio, and if he was free, he should stop by because I heard he was in town, and uh, and I didn't hear anything from him. A few hours went by, and then he I got a text from him. He said, "I'm headed over, amigo." <laughs> he showed up, man. He didn't bring guitar. He just brought bottle of, bottle of wine, and uh, I handed him a guitar that I had. Plugged it straight into an amp, a guitar he's never played before, you know. Poured oh. him a glass of wine, and we just started playing. And we played for, you know, almost two hours. And um, and then he took off. And I think we probably had like four songs kind of written in that time. We were just flowing. It was great. And Good Love is one of those songs. And it's just like, his sound is so instantly identifiable. It's, it's awesome to be able to like... Uh, sit in the room with him and play music. It's like, it's pretty cool. Oh, man. I mean, that wasn't even his guitar. Wow, just all in the fingers. What what guitar did he use? Man, he had this old Trini Lopez that I own that, that used to be, that used to belong to Mississippi Fred McDowell. What? It's a beautiful guitar. You can see video footage of him, of Fred McDowell playing it on YouTube. He's got, his wife glued like some, um, jewelry some like brooches to the headstock and to the upper bout of the guitar and um it's a cool guitar you know but uh I've, we've always heard stuff about billy gibbons like he plays special kind of slinky strings and only uses this kind of whatever it's like man this guitar had normal ass strings <laughs> plugged it straight into an amp and it sounded instantly like billy gibbons it was fucking awesome wow had you played with him before We'd done a couple things with him before, but not like this. Oh, man, that, that is incredible. I hope we get to hear those other songs you guys worked on, too. If there's a, uh, you know, expanded edition or EP or, you know, special 7-inch or something coming. Yeah, I mean, you never know, man. Oh, that is so cool. I mean, you've, you've worked with so many amazing artists. I mean, you mentioned Dr. John, Robert Finley, you know, Yola, CeeLo Green, Lana Del Rey. How has your production work outside of the Black Keys impacted your work in the band? Has producing outside people almost given you kind of more objectivity when it comes to your own band and your own sound and changed the way you worked? I think so. I think it really has. I think it 
especially in the last few years, being able to hone in on our strengths and being able to like maybe figure out how we, how it's like max enjoyable. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause that's really what's most important for Pat and I at this point is to like be able to do this uh, and enjoy it. <laughs> you know, that's kind of the goal. I think he said in a few interviews that this is the most enjoyable record you guys have ever made. Do you, do you echo that sentiment? Yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome. I mean, you know, every record we got to make was really fun, but uh, there was something about this one where it was just like we were firing on all cylinders, you know? It's just like we were so, um, we were just in, that, in the zone. I, uh, I love the title of the record. I immediately thought of Captain Beefheart, and Safe as Milk was sort of my access point to his music. I just, I think that record's incredible. I mean, I'm glad those spine-tingling vocals, I mean, that crazy kind of warp doo-wop sound, I mean, Ry Cooter's guitar work, such an amazing record. I know that sounds like that was a, a real point of connection for you two growing up when you first were um, discovering music together. Yeah, it was a huge influence on, on us, and when we were first uh, touring, in the van, just the two of us, you know, zigzagging back and forth across the States. It was one of the records we listened to the most. I still uh, amazing to me. I mean, when you were growing up, I can't imagine there are many other kids in town who are listening to Captain Beefheart, and yet you guys were just down the street from one another. It's just such a crazy thing to consider. I mean, it really does make you, you know, wonder about fate. Uh, what were some other musical points of connection between the two of you when you were uh, first getting to know each other? I mean, we loved Wu-Tang Records. We loved uh, Liquid Swords, the Jizz album. Just the aesthetic of the record, the way it sounded. We loved um, Creedence Clearwater. We used to sit and listen to Bayou Country over and over again. Um, yeah, we loved Beef Hard, and we would listen to the Sonics all the time. Um, yeah, I don't know. We, we, liked, we liked music that was real raw, kind of grimy and, and uh, fun. That was kind of what we were into. Had read that uh, the big come up initially, an early version of it had like skits in between the songs, like a hip hop record. Yeah. And the dude who uh, owned the record label is this French guy who was like into rock and roll, hated rap. He was like, <laughs> he's like, what is this shit? You got, got to get rid of this stuff. And uh, it was probably a smart idea. We did leave a couple little things in, so it was nice, but it was probably smart. It's crazy. That Dropout Boogie came out uh, the day before the 20th anniversary of your debut, The Big Come Up. Uh, what do you see when you contrast those two? Because in a, in a funny way, I almost feel like Dropout Boogie is more like your first record than any you've made in a while, aside from maybe Delta Cream. I mean, especially something like The Closer, Didn't I Love You. I mean, to me, that feels like something that, that could have come out of the basement in a way. Yeah. I think that we... Uh... The more I work with other people, the more I appreciate, you know, what the thing that the special th uh, gift that Pat and I were given, you know what I mean? And to be, to be able to have our own sound and our own thing, it's just like, we're just really starting to be able to really enjoy it, I think. You know what I mean? And uh, I, I agree with you. I think, it, I think that the, uh, the Delta Cream album was definitely like a reset and, and, and this album does feel like a... It's, it's coming from the same place as the big come up was.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. I know you're you're just wrapped an album and you're hitting the road, but I, I understand you're working on more material in the studio. Where are you at with that? Uh, we we're pretty far along on a on another record, and we had some fun people come in and write with us. And so yeah, we're excited about that. It's actually pretty legit so far <laughs> are you able to say who or is it a little too early for that yeah too early for me. <laughs> I mean, talk to me about the tour of the summer because it sounds like you got a few friends going out with you kenny and eric and you're going to do a delta cream spotlight and the gabbard brothers and they go way back with you right yeah the gabbard brothers played in a band called the shams who played with the black keys on at the black keys very first show in cleveland ohio at the beachland tavern <laughs> Oh man, what do you remember about that gig? Not a whole lot. I, we <laughs> feel like we had like thirty minutes of music, and we played it in like fifteen minutes because we were so nervous. We played everything like four times speed. <laughs> <laughs> it was like when you're on your TV and it says two times speed, and then you go to four times speed. That's where we we were at the whole set. And I remember going. I just remember we came to backstage, and it was like. We looked at each other like, what just happened? <laughs> was it fun, though, I hope? 
No, it really is. It's fun. Oh, no. It was nerve wracking. <laughs> but uh, it was cool when they asked us to come back. I mean, a lot of full circle moments. You got the Gabber Brothers with you, and sounds like you're going to be hitting the Blossom Music Center in Ohio for this tour. You know, that spot's got a special meaning for you. Yeah, I used to work there when I was a, a teenager. I used to be one of those kids in the parking lot with the flag waving the cars. <laughs> so, but I mean, it was always like a real magical place. Oh, man, so that's got to be you special. Know, I used to, to kind of like be able to go backstage and stuff and. I saw the inner workings of the place and it's like right in the in the middle of the woods. It's really beautiful there. It's like everybody who goes there is really happy to be there. They, you know, so it was like a kind of a, an amazing place. Oh man. Were you able to see many of the acts there? I went and saw Whitney Houston with my mom. That rules. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. She was, I, all I remember is we were in the grass and she, they didn't have really good video screens. So looking at her on stage, she was just like a little minuscule neon dot running back and forth. <laughs> I just remember everybody on stage had on neon like jogging outfits. It was crazy. <laughs> so it feels like that was her aesthetic for a while. Like, you know, the Jane Fonda workout tape aesthetic. <laughs> Late 80s stuff. Oh, man. Well, I've, I've had the pleasure of... Uh, seeing you several times in concert. I'm, I'm looking forward to it again this summer. I, uh, I saved this question for last because I'm always afraid that people are going to hang up on me and think I'm crazy for asking it. But I'm curious what you have to say about this, especially with sort of the blues being steeped in, in, in so much um, mythology in a sense. Do you believe in a, in a supernatural element in, in music? Um. Yeah, I think that there's some some something ancient, something um, in our DNA that un, you know allows us all to understand music, no matter what language it's in, and to be able to feel things from music. I think there's something special there. But uh, you know, it's I think that's why it's usually part of every religion on Earth. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like music is very important to, to humans and. It's hard to really say why, which makes it so magical. Yeah, the mystery of music is just so, it's one of the things that keeps me coming back. And you look at all these, you know, remains of ancient cultures and back at a time when human beings were just struggling to, to, to eat and live, you see remains of, of primitive instruments and you think, wow, this was really a priority for us, even, you know, at a base level need. It's something that was always there and something we always needed, but it's really hard to articulate exactly why, but it definitely, it uh, hits us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, we're so lucky that we grew up in North America and, you know, America and like the melting pot that this country is, has just been like, it was just like exploded with music and every corner of this country has got a little special niche and, and a special, you know, notch in history. And, um, I just got so into all the regional music in America, record labels like our you know, that would, that would like, just like really dive deep into where this music came from. And it's just so special. Oh, I, I, 
love that. I love like the the dust to digital account and stuff like that. I've always loved discovering all these pockets of music. And you, I mean, I'm so excited for the uh, the Sunhouse set you have coming out soon. I'm. Uh, just, I'm so grateful for a lot of the music that you've, uh, again, I said this is the beginning of talking to you, just that you've shared through your label and just through interviews citing your influences. I mean, you've really uh, turned me and I'm sure millions of others on to so much great music that would have otherwise never crossed my path. Yeah, that Sunhouse tape is crazy. Just out of the blue, Dick Waterman said, I have a box full of tapes in my garage. And they've been there since the 60s. Do you want... <laughs> Do you want them? Do you want to buy them? <laughs> <laughs> it's like just a treasure chest. Oh my god! And this and the, that the Sun House album that we just put out, Forever on My Mind, it predates his Columbia recordings, and so it's like some of the earliest recordings after he was rediscovered in the '60s, and and in my opinion, some of the greatest versions of those songs. They feel so comfortable. I don't know what it was about the surroundings where he was, but man, he was like sober and singing with so much conviction and amazing performances. It kind of like blew my mind after we got that tape transferred and that's what was on it. It was oh. <laughs> absolutely insane. God, I mean, that's amazing. That's, do you have any other, uh, I hesitate to call it archival, but I guess that's the word I'll use, uh, projects in the works that uh, you're excited about? Yeah, here, you know, Dick Waterman, he sold me a whole box full of tapes. What? They're all different artists. So yeah, we've got some plans. Oh man. We can't, we can't spill the beans yet, but <laughs> we've got some really good stuff uh, lined up to release. And it's kind of, uh, you know, being a blues nerd since I was a kid, it's pretty mind blowing to be able to like acquire this stuff and be able to put it out. It's kind of insane. Oh. How did how did this music first reach you? I mean, I know that I, I, I'm probably of the last age group that didn't have the entire history of recorded music at their fingertips growing up. And so it was hard where I was living just to get, you know, a copy of Odyssey and Oracle by the zombies or something. It took up six weeks to get imported from God knows where. How did you first discover this this kind of music when you were growing up? Like, how did you how did Safe as Milk reach you? I mean, I, I heard about Safe as Milk from Pat, but. My dad had Captain Beefheart albums um, at the house, uh, although we didn't listen to him much. But, um, you know, my dad had a great record collection. My mom's family played bluegrass, and uh, my mom's uncle was a harmonica player and played a Telecaster, uh, a Tele Custom, um, or, yeah, a Tele Custom into a Super Reverb. Which is what I ended up playing when I when we started the Black Keys because I you know his he always had a badass guitar sound, but he introduced me to all kinds of people like Lightning Hopkins and oh. um, you know just pretty much everybody really I mean he he hit me to all the good blues stuff and between that the bluegrass my mom playing classical music my dad's record collection and then when Pat and I got into the van with each other we would spend like. 10, 12 hours every single fucking day together. We were playing each other's stuff. And so, I mean, Pat played me Led Zeppelin for the first time. I'd never, my dad never played Led Zeppelin. I never really heard it. I knew, I knew a couple songs from the radio, but I'd never heard any of their albums. Um, but, he, you know, he introduced me to the Captain Beefheart stuff. And um, I introduced him to Junior Kimbrough and R.O. Burnside. And like, you know, 
between all that, I had some really good influences. Oh man, well we are as a fan, I'm grateful that that you shared them. I am I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I am so grateful for your time today and most importantly, I'm so grateful for your music. Dan, thank you so much. You're the best. Hey man, thanks so much. I appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Inside the Studio, a production of iHeartRadio. For more episodes of Inside the Studio or other fantastic shows, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. Give your glucose alerts and readings from the G7. Do not match symptoms or expectations. Use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility.